0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. I'm your host Dawn Scott Damon and this is the podcast where women help women live full and free lives and I'm so very glad that you've joined me today. It's been a lot of fun just coming to you and And sharing with you and speaking to you. And I hope that you're enjoying the program. Today what I want to do is I want to join a live session where I was teaching on spiritual warfare. I think it's critically important that we understand we are in a spiritual warfare. Satan hates us as women. He wants to destroy the image of God that's in each and every one of us. But praise be to Jesus, we do have the victory over him. So, join me now as we enter a conversation that I'm having on spiritual warfare how to overcome Satan. Good to be with everybody. How's life treating you? Doesn't matter. Very good. Why not? My radio program. A little weak on that part. Yes. It only matters how we choose to respond to it. Right? It doesn't matter how life treats you. It's your response that matters. It's your attitude. So how's (laughs) your attitude? All right. Sometimes we have to get that in alignment, don't we? I want to talk about the enemy tonight. I don't like to brag on him. I don't like to talk about him. I don't like to lift him up. But once a year, you need a message to remind you that Satan exists. Once every now and then, we need to be reminded that we are in a spiritual war. And the enemy does not want us to take this good news out there. The enemy does not want us to live victorious lives. Satan does not want us to be overcomers. He wants us to be under the circumstance. Satan doesn't want us to have joy in our heart. He doesn't want us to share our testimony. He doesn't want us to open up our mouths. And we forget that we're in a warfare. We forget that we're in a spiritual war. And here's the line that's just been going over in my heart. 2 Corinthians 2, 10 I'm not going to take time to put it in context for you. Read it. But here's the line. So that Satan may not outwit us. For we are not unaware of his schemes. Or are we? The writer of Corinthians, Paul, is telling the church to forgive someone who's had a failure. And he says, because we're not... Unaware of Satan's schemes. The word scheme there is noema. In the Greek, it means thoughts. We're not unaware of Satan's thoughts. Satan has thoughts towards you. He's organized in his plan about your life. He thinks about you, and he thinks about how he can destroy your life. And if you're confused about that, this is your wake-up call. So that Satan may not outwit us. Are we being outwitted? Come on, somebody, talk to me. Are we being outwitted? Are we being outsmarted by the enemy? Are there times in our life where the enemy comes in as an angel of light and we miss it? And we're outsmarted? I just raised the question. So let's look at this verse in Revelation. Revelation. Revelation 12, verse 9. I just want to break this down for you. Is that all right? Carol gave me permission. The rest of you, just listen in. (laughs) Revelation 12, verse 9. Now, I want you to listen as I I read this. I want you to listen and see if you can find the four designations, okay? And it will make sense in a second. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Let me read it again and see if you hear the four names ascribed to the enemy. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world, and was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. We're going to look at that in just a second. But C.S. Lewis says this, There are two equal and and opposite errors into which we can fall about Satan and his schemes. And one is to disbelieve in his existence. And the other is to believe and feel an excessive interest and an unhealthy interest in them, seeing demons behind everything, seeing the devil made me do it behind everything, right? We don't blame every negative circumstance on the enemy. Every bad thing that happens to you isn't Satan, uh, nor is it God, for that matter. That's kind of one of my pet peeves of you. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. You were stupid. That's the reason. That's why it happened. Or maybe it was the enemy. Or maybe it was God. Or maybe it was a lack of wisdom. We have to have discernment to know, don't we? So we don't blame the enemy for everything. Sometimes it's the weakness in our own flesh or the consequence of our sin or it's just life. How many know we live in a fallen world and just life happens? How's life treating you? Doesn't matter. Okay, life happens. So we don't blame the enemy for everything. But here's what I want to share with you tonight, just these points. Remember, as we get into our teaching tonight, remember we're in a spiritual war. All right, we are in a spiritual war. There is an unseen battle between the kingdom of darkness And the kingdom of light. We know this, right? There is a hostile opposition going on at all times. We are not in peace. We are in war. Satan and his principalities and his powers and his hosts, we are in a battle with the kingdom of light. Now, I'd like to tell you it's not two equal powers at war, it is an overcoming, conquering, all powerful God and a defeated foe. Satan is defeated. He's under our feet, but He still has power. Not over us, but He has the power to deceive us. He has the power to bring fear into our life. He has the power to come as an angel of light and outwit us. And He has the power to destroy us if we let Him. But He can't take us against our will. Doing a deliverance and and a ministry today in my office, And and reminding the girl, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And I don't even give it any time when somebody starts telling me about all the things that the enemy's doing and how he has this power and he has, hold it, stop. I just speak the blood of Jesus. He is greater. And all that you're saying doesn't intimidate me. I know who Jesus is and I know his power. And that's what we declare right now and proclaim over your life. And that's what we did. But we are in a war. And, and Satan started the war because he hates God. Satan started it. You know, when you're a little kid and you go, he started it. She started it. <laughs> Satan started it because of his pride and his rebellion and his jealousy toward God. And what did he do? He started the war by stealing the loyalty of the angels. Right? He stole the loyalty of the angels. By the way, this is free and just parenthetically, be careful when you have disloyalty. Be careful. You know, when, when, when you start down that slippery slope about talking about your leadership or your spouse or backbiting, be careful because that's how it started, disloyalty. If you're not willing to say it in front of their face, you shouldn't be saying it. We all have that one confidant that we tell. And we understand that. But he stole the loyalty of the angels and he tried to dethrone God. And you know, his tactics are exactly the same today. What's he trying to do? Dethrone God. But we say, well, he's already been thrown down to the earth. Where's the throne of God today? In the believer, in our heart. And he's trying the same thing, to dethrone God off of your heart to take and distract you from your first love because he's jealous and he doesn't want you to have pure devotion to the Lord he doesn't want you to love God he wants to get in there and he wants to distract you And he wants to pull you away that's still the central warfare today is for you to disown God you and I are caught in the crossfire because Satan hates God and I, I, how you guys feel about this, but if somebody wants to mess with me and hurt me, go after my kids. I mean, you can pick on me and, you know, whatever. But if you go after one of my kids, ooh, look out. You're going to see Mama Bear. And she ain't pretty. <laughs> She's a monster. Because you're messing with one of my kids. Okay, does God feel any different? He's jealous over you. He loves you. He's passionate about you so the unpleasant truth is that we are at war. And here's the thing, Christian, we don't have really a choice. We always, we do have a choice. You can put your head in the sand and act like you're not in the war, but you've been drafted. Whether you like it or not, you're in it. And you can wage war and win, or you can ignore it and be defeated. And we're going to look at that in just a second. But first, the names of the enemy. Let's go back to that just for a moment. And again, remember, this is your message. At one time a year, you get to learn about Satan. Otherwise, you know, we don't give him any credit. He's under our feet. But let's look at that because I believe that there's a secret here. I believe the four names that we see given to the enemy in this passage are the four ways that he's going to come after us and the four ways that we need to defeat him and be aware of it because the enemy is so effective at keeping us in turmoil and in confusion and being broke down and being broke and being down that we're not telling anybody about the good news of Jesus. The hole in our gospel is a whole lot bigger than what we think because there's so many defeated Christians walking around. And by the way, religion is not Jesus. Religion is not Christianity. Religion is what we call gross. It's dry, it's dead, there's no life, there's no, flesh gives birth to flesh. Religion is a bunch of traditions that man put together, and what do I mean by that? That we're we're so worried about the outside of the cup that we're we're not catching the essence of why Jesus spilled his blood for us can I just I'm on a tangent and that's okay because that's what we preachers do can I just tell you something we, we just beat the word we beat it and, and sometimes there's so much shame and condemnation and you know I had a revelation not too long ago and you know how Jesus said if you don't pick up your cross and carry it daily that you're not worthy and we know that the cross is an emblem of death so we're like if we're not willing to die to ourselves and all that but is the cross really an emblem of death alone what else could it be an emblem of is it, is it an emblem of the love of Jesus? Is there any greater love than this that he lay his life down? When he says you have to pick up your cross daily, could you think of it in terms of picking up God's love for you every day? Every day in living loved. Every day picking up your identity in Christ that you are loved And in fact, you're so loved that he was willing to lay his life down for you. Here's the four names because we have to be aware. Okay, number one, the dragon. In the Greek, Drakon, D R A K O N, Drakon. This is a monster, it's a monstrous character, the enemy of God to devour. This is the monster, that the dragon that was positioned right before the woman, who he was ready to devour what she brought into being. Revelation 12, you can read about that. I'm not going to go into that and describe all of that, but there is the picture of the woman. She is the church. She's pregnant. She's about to give birth. And the Bible tells us that positioned right in front of her, ready to devour what she's giving birth to is the dragon. I want you to know that Satan's not happy about any of the new thing that you want to birth for Jesus. Not your vision, not your dream, not your ministry, not your wholeness, not your freedom. Nothing that God wants to do in you, Satan does not want you to possess it. The dragon, the devourer is ready to take it as soon as you birth it. Does that make sense to somebody? All right. So we have to watch over the thing that God wants to do in us. He is the devourer. By the way, this, this is the lion that First Peter talks about, that Satan roams around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. This is the affront. This is the one who comes at you with destruction to devour you, the one who brings circumstances. If you're going to be victorious, you're going to have to face the dragon with authority and shut his mouth. And let him know you're not going to devour me. You're not devouring my children. You're not taking the things that belong to me. You're not taking my health or my mind. You're not taking my marriage. You're not taking my freedom. You're not going to have it. And you've got to be ruthless. We don't play with him. He's a devourer. You don't bargain with that. And by the way, don't forget his tail. Because the dragon had that long tail. And the Bible tells us that he wiped out a third of the heavens with his tail. Anytime you take a step for God, anytime you get ready to go out these doors, or you begin to move in your destiny, or you take a step into what God has called you to do, and you say, ooh, everything's going well, be careful of the backlash of the enemy. Keep yourself guarded, keep yourself covered, stay wise and stay sober and stay alert, because the enemy wants to take you out. How many times we see it with the prophet Elijah? He had an incredible victory, right, with the prophets of Baal, and, and he called down fire, and instantly it came and All right? And then what happened? Jezebel, a woman. One word from her, and he went running. It's because of the spirit behind it. And he ran and he hid in a cave and he said, just kill me now, God. Kill me now. The day before, I mean, God is moving in a powerful way. And the very next day, that thing, that was the backlash. Okay, so the dragon. The second name that we saw was the serpent. The serpent of old This is from the Greek word ophis, O-P-H-I-S, and actually from the Latin word optinomai. What does that sound like? I, ophthalmology, or it is to appear or to look real. This is the name, which means deceiver. He is a deceiver from old. He's been around for thousands of years. He knows your family line. He knows what works. And he is a deceiver. It literally means the sharp-visioned, sly, cunning, artfully malicious person. A deceiver. Isn't that what he does when he brings fear to us? By the way, that's a great acronym, false evidence appearing real. And he tries to deceive us. He tries to lie to us. And he tries to, to give us that, that perspective that everything is wrong and nothing is going to work out or he deceives us and we start the justification it's quiet in here somebody shout me down now and again thank you He is a deceiver he's the one that sat with Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness and he said you know you're hungry aren't you and he said, "If you'll just look at that stone right there and call it bread, it'll be bread." And and I've talked to you before about how that bread was that flat matzah, and how the flint stone, <laughs> flint stone, how the the stone of flint uh, in the in the desert there was that flat, flaky. You know what flint looks like. And if you'll just agree with me, or You'll just see it the way I see it. It'll be bread. Looks like bread. Could be bread. Did God really say? Hmm. Just that twisting, that deceiving. You know the truth, and then here comes the doubt. You know the Word of God, and then here comes the deceiver. He tries to make things look good, or things look real bad. Here's the next one, the devil, or diabolos. False accuser, the slanderer, the gossip. He comes to destroy you with words. He is a false accuser, accusing you day and night. He is a condemner and insinuation. Now, I want to talk to you just for a moment because there's two ways this spirit comes. He comes at you to accuse you. He uses guilt and shame and feelings of unworthiness and condemns you and beats you down so that you walk with your head down and feel guilty about your shortcomings and failures. Just newsflash, God gets you. He knows your weakness. God gets it. Pick up your cross every day, friends. Pick up the love of God every day. Pick up his forgiveness every day. Don't walk with your head beaten down. If he, knew, if you thought, he, if he thought you could do this, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. He knows all of that, so get over it. Get over it and just walk in the love of God. But this spirit tries to come at you, but he also tries to come through you. Gossiping and backbiting and devouring and biting one another and a fault-finding spirit and insinuation. He drops something in your mind and suddenly your thoughts aren't pure anymore. Suddenly you think, oh, I wonder if they're trying to what are they trying to do? Now all of a sudden you don't trust anyone or that person or that, that accusation comes in your mind about someone else. And they walk through the door and you're launching the fiery darts and they're thinking, hey, I just came for a tuna sandwich. But that, they don't know the warfare that's been going on in your mind because why the devil, the slanderer, the gossiper, Okay. And here's the thing about how the enemy works. So you're having a conversation, Carol, you and me and we've fallen and we've gotten into gossip. And we've been talking about Brad. <laughs> as amazing as you are, Brad. We found one flaw. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and we're we're getting into it. You guys know familiar spirits. So now and I've seen it I've seen it happen. I have seen it happen. So we're talking and then The enemy takes that information. Now, he doesn't know for sure, but drops the thought, you know, they don't like you. You know, they think this and they think that. And you're thinking, so I've had a person come up to me and say, I need to ask your forgiveness because the enemy's just been lying to me and saying that you're saying this and you're saying that and you're saying this and I know it's not true. Guess what? It was true. That's how he works. He takes those words and he plants them in the mind of everybody. Insinuation. Keep it pure. Watch what you say. Are we agreeing with the accuser of the brethren? Or are we agreeing with God? Are our words the flow of Jesus? Salt water and fresh water can't come out of the same container. you okay? Here's the fourth name, Satanus, Satan or Satanus, the adversary, your opponent. He's just the he's the one that buffets the roadblocks, the obstacles, the battering, the wearying you down. Constant standing there with ready. Constant, constant onslaught. You cannot get weary. You cannot let your shield of faith down. You cannot get tired. All right, here's the good news. Revelation 12:10. it goes on. It says, he was hurled down. All right? Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them before our God night and day. So here's the principle. When the accusing voice of Satan is thrown down, When we hurl him down, what rises in its place is God's authority, God's kingdom, God's way, and God's rule. Anybody can see what's wrong. Anybody. All it takes is one carnal eye to see what's wrong. When God took a hold of Ezekiel and he he held him up over the valley of dry bones, he said, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, Looked down in the valley at a pile of dry bones, which incidentally looked like they had been dropped from a very high place. And so if God got him holding them up there, he goes, Um, only you know, God, only you know. He said, Prophesy the wind. He didn't say, Tell me how dry the bones are. Describe the bones for me. Tell me how they got that way. Judge the bones. He didn't say any of that. He said, Call for the wind and prophesy life. To the bones, so when Satan comes down, when we see what 's wrong, when we see what 's not in place, instead, instead of judging and criticizing it, we got to hurl that thing down, and what rises in its place 's got to be the Word of God, the prayer for the saint, the intercession, the word of life I hope you 've enjoyed the podcast today. I'd love to hear from you. Visit my website, freedomgirlsisterhood.com. Drop me a line. Let me know that you're listening. And you know what? Let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray today that everyone listening to this podcast would realize the incredible power that we have over the enemy, that we would not let him outwit us. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that every chain be broken. Eyes be open, hearts be healed, Satan is a defeated foe, and he's under our feet. And I thank you, Jesus, that you've called us to be more than overcomers, and we claim that today in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day, and it's been great to be with you. See you next time on the Freedom Girl Sisterhood.